Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Money and Integrity podcast presented by worklifemoney.co. My name is Kimberly. I'm a career mindset coach and the founder of worklifemoney.co, and I'm here to help you develop the personal growth skills to meaningfully make and manage your money to create work-life balance. How? By tackling the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and procrastination habits that are holding you back. And today I'm going to be talking about my personal growth update for July, 2021. And if you don't know what the series is, it's when I give you a behind the scenes, candid look at my personal growth in my career, in my business and in my personal life. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to look back on for this month, I'm not going to lie. I was a little hesitant because I feel like I don't have anything like groundbreaking or earth shattering to say nothing huge massive happened in my personal growth but I did have a lot of questions come up a lot of small shifts and belief changes and even though I don't have all the answers I think it is important to have this a part of my record and this is really what the personal growth updates are about it's about you know the small wins that and small shifts that snowball into the big personal growth updates and um, the big mindset shifts. So these ones are going to be a little bit less dramatic. I'm just going to let you know that up the up front. I did have a lot of like updates as in like life events and um, business events happen. So I'm going to talk about that later in the episode. But the first thing I wanted to start talking about is actually... Canada Day. So beginning in July, Canada Day is was July 1st. And um, Canada Day has looked a lot differently in Canada for the past couple of years, this year included, because of the relationship and the meaning of it in regards to the Indigenous and Aboriginal peoples of Canada. And this has also just come very strongly uh, into light because there was a huge mass grave but actually multiple mass graves all over Canada, but a, a big one that was found in Kamloops um, in the residential schools. And it was a mass grave of children. And if you don't know Canada geography, um, uh, Kamloops is a um, city within British Columbia, the province, which is also the province that I live in. And Kamloops is probably like, I want to say like a four to five hour drive away. So that's for context. And um, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I know I talked um, a lot about what happened in my June and I think even my May personal growth update. So if you want to hear more about my thoughts about that, definitely go back to listen to those episodes. So I don't want to repeat myself. But what has been happening in Canada has really come into question. And I've been really thinking about that in the month of July about in particular, taking focus focus on taking more aligned action instead of temporary support when it comes to supporting humanitarian and social justice causes like, um, uh, like the Indigenous um, population and, and people of Canada. And why I use this as a, such a strong example and why this has provoked such um, a, a strong feeling and thought process out of me is because... This is not new to Canada. <laughs> um, um, there a few, like, I'm not going to say a few, almost like 10 years ago, there was a huge, massive, you know, um, 
movement called Idle No More regarding the indigenous relationship that Canada had with its Aboriginal peoples. And there was mass protests like all over downtown. I was at UBC at that time and it was a big deal there as well because we're on unceded, you know, native territory and stuff. And so there were all these promises from the government. And this like, again, was happening Canada wide. So it was a really big deal. And because I studied political science, this was actually my class project while it was happening in one of my um, courses. And so I studied so much about I don't know more and I created this massive timeline uh, documenting um, indigenous relationships, uh, people's relationships with Canada and all of this stuff. And to see how far or really how far it hasn't come in the last 10 years has been very disappointing because you know, that was actually something I did study and I actually didn't know what was happening and like to see what hasn't happened and the promises that weren't kept and the things that didn't change is really disappointing. And I think that this is my coming to age as an adult where when you're younger, you have so many idealistic views, especially when it comes to social causes and humanitarian causes and you have so much optimism that things are going to, you know, of course, this is going to work. Of course, these people are going to change and, and things are going to change. And then you realize this is an adult and in execution, all the challenges, all the obstacles, and also all the human stuff that, that like the people and political culture that doesn't change and why it doesn't change. And it's so much more complex than just feeling like, oh, well, this is the right thing to do. Why don't you just do this, right? There's so much more to the story. So I think that especially with um, the relationship of Aboriginals and Idle No More and what's been happening now is so, it's so prominent to me because, you know, when you're younger, of course you like care or think about things, but I don't think that I'd really seen it the way that I had with the, um, with another case other than maybe the Holocaust, because I really studied the Holocaust in school as well. Like when I was like really deep into it, not just, you know, taking in what the news um, was saying. So that's something I'm really thinking about lately. And again, I have no grand answer. I want I would love to come here and say, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I don't. Um, I'm still re looking into it as in researching and thinking about how I can support Indigenous communities in a more everyday um, way and as a part of my life instead of just when it comes to light in the news because I feel like a lot of social causes they can cycle and trend and also just because you know the media gets tired of it people get tired of hearing it and then or something big happens and then it's like the next thing that everyone else focuses all their attention on and so that's something I'm really looking into is how to support more Indigenous communities and really what I've come up with so far is not just like donations and stuff but really like um, supporting Indigenous businesses on a more regular basis and I again not saying that I go um, I'm just buying you know Indigenous art although like, that would be really cool and everything or pieces are here and there I'm talking about how I can incorporate into my daily life like and for me that would be food so I'm really looking at like um indigenous companies that um, make certain products because that is something I actually use on an everyday life and again I, I come from the I come from the perspective right now in my life and again I want to say this kind of stuff 
even though I'm not, I'm not perfect, even though I'm not 100% knowledgeable about all of the topics in the world. And if you have any comments on it, please feel free to DM me or email me. My contact information is always in the show notes. But I want to be able to say I can take these types of start taking these types of actions and stances. And um, I really believe in supporting businesses. I think that's the most sustainable way to support any kind of community is to spend money in that community. And that's how to support it sustainably. It's not donations, don't get me wrong, are great or awesome. But it's not just about that portion of it. It has to be a lifestyle change. It has to be a shift. And a lot of times that shift when it becomes really powerful and when you can't ignore it is when it's economic. And so those are the things that I'm looking into right now. And I've been, I found some really cool companies. I found a really like cool, like, um, uh, meat and bacon company that, um, has, was, um, created by, um, indigenous people. And that looks really great. So I'm like really trying to figure out how to incorporate this more into my daily life. And of course, supporting the indigenous people, um, within politics and, we have a new governor general as well. So that's incredible. And, and educating myself and others on the residential schools, that's of course important. But again, I'm really thinking about like the daily life aspect of it because I don't, to be honest, have a conversation with my friends or my family every single day about residential schools and um, um, like all of the other stuff that's happening in the world. And one of the things that I've been really mindful about is my mindset around the cost of things to support these types of causes. And an example that I've used for myself recently is actually the cost of gas. So the cost of gas has gone up exponentially. Um, not just here, but like everywhere. I know because I work in procurement and the freight and all of this stuff. It's so expensive. And the thing that I have learned not to do and what I'm teaching myself not to do where I live and what, how it affects me is I don't complain about the price of gases anymore. The price of gas in Canada is expensive because we don't have a ton of big pipelines that take it out to the market. And there are two big pipelines that have been... Um, in the works, trying to get through to BC. And as they're doing this, they are going through Indigenous land and also other environmental lands as well. And I am like, I'm so against these pipelines. I, I like, um, and that's like my own personal views and, and, and things like that. But I'm so against, I've always been so against these these pipelines going through BC and like, I'm like, you're just ripping around like territory, like, that's already designated for First Nations. Can you not just leave it alone? Um, and But there is a cost to that. And the cost of that is higher gas prices. And so, you know, this is a mindset shift change for me. And it's a small one. But I really actually am so cognitive now. A days of when I'm paying for things, what am I paying for? And what is that cost going to? And what is the cost of not doing that? So if I had lower gas prices so that my road trips could be cheaper, so that my plane tickets could be cheaper, it would mean that the oil companies would need to be able to get that oil and gas cheaper. And so that's why it's more expensive because I'm not for ripping against going into indigenous territories with these pipelines, right? So like that connection sometimes when I was younger I didn't see that because I used to go for the discount because I used to always just go for the lowest cost and not really thinking about the impacts it has 
directly and indirectly. And I think that's why when you get to be like an adult, you understand there's so much complexity behind um, social justice causes because a lot of times we're in conflict with ourselves and our actions. And so again, not trying to get too preachy. I don't have all the answers. That's just something that's been on my mind in July and that I'm still working and processing through. So if you want to have a longer conversation about it, I'm happy to. Um, My contact information is always in the show notes. So that is one thing. And the next thing that I wanted to talk about is actually what happened in mid-July, which is my vacation. And it was a very small vacation. Um, It was only like four or five days. Um, I went to Vancouver Island, which is so nice. I love the island. Um, And tried surfing. Man, I cannot do that. (laughs) That's really tough, actually. And one of the things that I've been really learning throughout this um, time is how to take a break and how to really prepare for a break, how to actually be on the break and how to come back from it. And this is both in my career and my business. So in my career, governments um, are not as in session, um, depending, I guess, where you are. But in Canada, they're not as in session. And so although it can be like slower, it, it is still very busy because you're covering other people's vacations, but also like everyone else is on vacation. So you're con- like things are take a while to get through because everyone else is gone as well. And not just within the organization, but like, um, like businesses and just people in general, like everyone I feel like um, is taking more of a relaxation, which as you should, because, you know, um, BC has actually entered into what we call step three out of four steps for our COVID rules. And so I think also everyone's a little bit tired and of COVID fatigue. And so um, um, overgoing through into the summertime, I started feeling things like starting to slow my uh, down in my work. And you know what? I wanted that's actually a good thing. And it's hard for me to say that out loud because I want to always have this image and project productivity 100% all the time. But I don't, but that wouldn't be honest because that's what results into burnout. And really one of the reasons why it's like this is because I'm now covering for other people's vacations. Like people were covering for my vacation and now I'm covering for other people. So that means I do like double the amount of work. And so if I was completely overloaded, I would, first of all, feel so badly for the person that had to take over my portfolio. But also, if other people are completely overloaded, then that's just like a recipe for disaster if we're all taking overloaded portfolios on. And so really learning to manage my workload and and properly prepare for my vacation has been something I've been practicing. Um, And also just being very communicative. Like, obviously, you're not going to get everything done. It would be very difficult to like do all of your work on your vacation that you were supposed to do on your vacation prior to leaving on vacation, right? So that's um, something that I really had to work on and learn and get through. And I use, I'm serving this as practice for my bigger vacation in November. I mean, like if COVID allows it, I, I don't even know anymore. It's so hard to say. It might be a staycation. But that was something that I had been working through in my personal career and learning how to take on extra work because I'm covering other people, but not burning out at the same time and being really realistic with myself because the past week, I'm not going to lie, has been extremely busy, um, especially when I take over someone's portfolio that 
I don't have the background knowledge in. Of course I can do, but it, it just takes me a little bit longer to understand um, all of the details of, about it. But it is something that I was like, oh, it's great that I actually, you know, prepared my workload correctly and I'm still able to manage my workload and somebody else's as well. So that's the first thing. Um, the other thing work-wise in my, in my career is actually I had some friends come in from Ottawa and I had dinner with them. Um, and it was so great to see my friends because I haven't seen them for quite a few years. I do usually go back to Ottawa. Um, if you don't know, I, I, I lived and worked in Ottawa for a year for the federal government. And um, I made really great friends there. And like seven, eight, I don't even know, like, yeah, years later, we're still friends, we still talk. And um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on any of my other personal growth updates. So I'm going to mention this here, is that one of the things that made me feel really terrible about not one of the things, I mean, all, everything about COVID is bad. But one of the things that I was very cognizant of is that the fact that, you know, people who are younger, and I was like, what would what would have happened if COVID had occurred? during my younger years, during my, the formative, formidable years of my career. Because when I moved to Ottawa for that year, I made like big connections, big, had big experiences, things that had a really big impact on my career as a whole. And not just like the work that I did or anything, just the networking and the experiences that I had um, like this that are everlasting. And so when I think about people and um, you know, who are, what were, were, are my age or were my age and the experiences that have kind of been ripped away from them, from COVID, it does like break my heart a little bit because it is something, it's like stolen time that you don't really get back because you don't really go back into university. And one of the things that I had been talking about with my friends and we were discussing, you know, how COVID year was, how everyone's doing and all that kind of jazz. And I was like, I have like the most like privileged COVID. I probably almost anyone could have. I didn't lose my job. I didn't get sick. I no, no one I loved got sick or lost their job. Um, and, you know, it happened at a time in my career where I could take the hit. Um, actually my career, because I was part of the government response that actually accelerated my career to a certain extent, held me back in certain areas, but like to an extent, like this was not at all a hindrance on my career. Um, but I know that if it had hit at, at almost any other time, I was thinking back on the years, if it had hit on any other year in like, um, my, the past decade, it would have severely impacted what I was able to do. So, that's something that I'm very mindful of when it comes to um, networking and having full on experiences and making the most of things is that and to also have empathy for people who didn't get the benefit of the situations that I got. And I feel like I don't ever want to lose this type of empathy because sometimes when people think about like, you know, looking like you know, in our parents' generations and thinking, oh, buying a house is so easy and, you know, doing all, getting a job is so easy and all of those things. Like if you just go to university, it's, it's not that easy anymore. The, the circumstances are different. The environment are different and the elements that fuel that are different. So that's something that I have been thinking about as well. Again, this episode is just of my thoughts. And, um, another thing that, um, I wanted to talk about is also like, uh, my business 
And I think that's going to be the last update. I was thinking, I was looking through a couple of my notes and I was like, okay, I'm just going to wrap up um, on and segue how my vacation also impacted my business. So it was, um, thankfully I didn't have any, many clients there and I didn't have any client calls. Like I had, um, scheduled it that way, but at the same time, I realized that, you know, it takes a lot of work to schedule a vacation in your business and to take a break in your business as well. And because I serve clients, I also have to be mindful of like the other people's schedules as well. And so a lot of times when I hear when people talk about, oh, I want to start my own business, like, and, you know, work for myself and do whatever I want. It's like, you're not always on your own timeline. You actually also have other timelines to meet as well. And so it does take work to repair. It's not like you just wake up one day and decide, hey, I'm not going to do any other work today. I mean, I guess it depends on what you do. But like, um, for my business, I, because I serve clients, like I just, don't just drop the ball one day on my clients and being like, I'm not going to answer anything and I'm just gone. You know what I mean? And so there is that element to business sometimes that I feel like people um, really try to advertise as so great and like work for yourself, make your own hours, do whatever you want. And there's like, when you own a business, there's consequences to those decisions. And so really you need to plan out and think about that. So this month has really been me learning how to plan out for a vacation. And I've been using it as practice for my bigger vacation, which happens in November. And that leads me into my next point, which is my next um, uh, exciting update in my business is that I hired a personal coach and I'm so excited. We don't start until August, um, but, you know, I paid and did um, the first payment in um, July. So we've been talking a lot of back and forth. I didn't want to start until August because one, I knew I was going on vacation and I just didn't want to have another thing on top of, um, uh, going on vacation. But two, I'm very glad I didn't do that because I got my second dose and I was like really sick after my second dose. So I didn't really have time to think about like business and how to grow my business and things like that. Cause I felt like, I felt like not very great. And so, yeah, I'm so excited to start working with her. And as you guys might've known, I'm, I've been in a co group coaching program and other group coaching program for years now, but I really felt like I needed a different type and level of support. And it was not super difficult um, because I had been following her for a while, but it was hard to find a certain type of coach that I was looking for because a lot of times when you're looking at hiring a coach, especially in the business space, there are a lot of people who come at it from the rhetoric of like, don't you just hate your nine to five and want to go full time? And the thing is, I don't hate my job. I love what I do and I don't really want to create my business out of resentment and especially because I'm a career mindset coach and I think that then I could get into a whole other thing but I think that there is um, so much wrong with that mindset because you know when you're coming at something first of all at an um in a negative space and relying on you know negativity and anger to fuel you yeah sure that will work for a while but um having that will force you into areas and situations when it comes to your business that might force work-life balance and different um, things will come up. Anyways, I could, I mean, I thought about like recording a whole episode on like the behind the scenes of my 
a career investments and business investments so I can get more into that. If you're interested in that, let me know. Just send me a DM. I wasn't sure if anyone would be interested in that. Um, but yeah, hiring a coach and she, my coach now is um, not only has a, um, like a side business like me, but she is also a PhD student and she really loves what she does. And I just thought that was so cool because I mean, I love my job. Do I love it enough to do a PhD? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I love it, but I don't know if I love it that much. And so to meet someone who is successful in both areas is something that I really, really admired. And also someone who, you know, again, balancing that passion and interest between your career and your side business. And that's something that I really, really wanted to work on as well. So I'm so excited to be working with her. And I'm also have been um, working with more clients lately and um, um, doing more consultation calls. And it has been incredible. And right now I'm in the works of creating like a portal of trainings. But um, as at the moment, I'm creating trainings for my clients one-on-one -on, -one on a completely personalized basis, like 100% personalized. I don't reuse anything. Um, it is like when I do the training, it is actually specifically designed for you. And I think that's so helpful because there's so much noise out there that sometimes it can get confusing. And as someone who has gone through coaching, has gone through the career stuff, as uh, it is so I think it's so useful to have someone who is closer to it and who can actually practice what I preach and what I do. Um, that is something that I am so excited for with my clients. And if you are looking um, at my one-on-one -on -one coaching program, please know I'm almost booked probably until November, December. So if you are interested, please book the call it's free, the um, consultation call to see if one-on-one -on -one coaching is for you and to how say how I can help you in your career. That link is in the show notes. But yeah, it's been exciting times, I feel like, for my business. Um, I have a lot of ideas that I want to work on in the future as well. And it's so crazy. It's literally like so crazy to see something like this come to life because I didn't think that it could ever happen. And it's like that moment, like when I didn't ever think I could get the career that I ever, that I really wanted. I never think I could get my dream job. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get my dream business. This is so crazy. And my dream job at the same time, like this, can this happen? I'm almost a little anxious because I feel like it could all come down, um, crashing down. But at the same time, I'm really, really excited for it as well. So yeah, that has been my personal growth update in July. Um, I could ramble on forever, but it is like the heat wave here. So I think I'm going to end it here. Thank you so much for listening, by the way, to these personal growth updates. I never know if it's actually interesting to anyone to just hear me ramble about my life. But these episodes are pretty popular. So there's a lot of people wanting to hear me ramble. Thank you for being one of them. And again, if you wanted to continue the conversation and any of this stuff, please feel free to DM me. I'm at, I'm like, I'm like saying my email and my, like my Instagram at the same time. I'm at worklifemoney.co on Instagram. And my email is Kimberly at worklifemoney.co. I would love to hear from you. And my contact information is always in the show notes. Until next time, I am always cheering you on. Talk to you soon. 
If you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money in Integrity podcast, I highly encourage you to leave a review at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening from. This helps more people discover the podcast and become a part of this community. Remember, we're all figuring out this work-life money thing together.